0: Hey, it's episode two of TV junk and this is Pam and Tommy. Ms. Greg thanks for checking out the pod uh, before we uh, introduce our guests uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at TV junk podcast and uh, you can also uh, check us out and answer uh, ask us some questions send us some comments and opinions at TV Podcast at gmail.com Joining the pod today you know I'm from film junk you know I'm from ball junk game junk and from all over Southern Ontario playing darts our good buddy frank frank how's it going
1: hello gregory nice to see you i'm very excited some new faces on this pod it's going to be fantastic or not new but uh been a while faces
0: terrible news frank uh i have been unable to find any diet NW root beer anywhere lately
1: that's probably because my mom bought it all Oh. (laughs) and uh it's it's being hoarded in welland ontario so it's all good i i don't worry about it. I've I've got uh, I've got lots. In this okay, style. I may
0: need to swing by. Um, also on the show, uh, we have an avid TV watcher, a tremendous baker, and uh, someone that put up with loud, foul-mouthed idiots in her home for way too many years. It's Alicia Dwyer. Alicia, how are you?
2: I'm good. How are you?
0: Uh, I am fantastic. So this is uh, big news. You are making history today. How so? Uh, You are the first mother to appear on TV Junk.
2: (laughs) That's very specific.
0: Yes. History. That's pretty good. (laughs) And uh, finally, our third guest. Uh, He was on the episode of Film Junk where I watched the wrong movie. And uh, like me, is a big fan of downtown Hamilton, Ontario. It's Doug Nagy. Doug, how's it going, man?
3: Oh, international friends. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, excited to talk about uh, pam and tommy and all things motley crew it's uh it was a real privilege to be invited thank you very much
0: wow that was uh that was very nice <laughs> <laughs> that's the well end in you man
3: <laughs> we are well-mannered for hooligans we will that's drown true. you in our piss but we'll say excuse <laughs> if we <do> it.
0: <laughs> so uh, uh before we get into uh uh pam and tommy i kind of wanted to go around the room and uh, get some thoughts um so uh, frank uh are you or or were you ever uh, a fan of baywatch and or motley
1: crew uh i honestly i don't think i've ever seen a full episode of baywatch i think i've seen parts of episodes so not a baywatch fan uh am a crew fan uh not like a diehard fan or anything like that but i've seen them live a few times like some songs so you know, I, I haven't read The Dirt. I think I bought it and never read it. I've seen the movie The Dirt. You know, I, I know uh, more than the average person, like songs by Motley Crue, I would say.
0: Uh, Doug, I know you're a huge Crue fan. Uh, what about uh, Baywatch? Were you a, a Baywatch watcher? Same as Frank. Like
3: I've maybe seen like one or two full episodes, but really it's just pieces here or there. I wasn't really into it. Uh, to be honest, so I like I saw a few episodes, you know, of course, about most of the cast just from the work that they did in, in Playboy more than Baywatch. Um, but yeah, yeah, not, I, not a big fan of this year show, didn't really follow it.
1: I saw more episodes of Son of the Beach, the parody <laughs> show <laughs> produced by Howard Stern.
0: Uh, Alicia, what about you? A huge crew fan?
2: Uh, not really. I mean, I'm aware of their music and. Uh, Probably just the popular songs. Uh, As for Baywatch, I feel like I've watched a lot of this show. Not because it was a good show, but because I was an indoor kid, and it was either that or um, reruns of Three Stooges, so we didn't have cable, and so I was like, well, I mean, I'm going to watch TV, this is the only thing on, I guess this is what I'm watching. So, from that, I mean, it really seems sad to me now, but I've probably (laughs) wasted a lot of time watching this show.
0: Yeah, that's that's you how you I felt. Make, oh sorry. I was did you ever make the transition to Baywatch nights?
2: No. Okay. By then I had a life. So.
1: Oh, Oh, cool, good. 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 <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of like March break, the one week where you were off and you had to watch TV during the day and yeah. it was disastrous. I was watching like Lamb chops, even though I was too old for it, and Barney, and it's like anything other than 700 Club, which was the only other thing on TV, it was bad.
2: Yeah, I don't think people really realize how little there was on TV when it was when you didn't have anything to stream, and it was just these are your only options. You have three options right now,
1: yeah. yeah. And uh, the greatest day of March break ever was when Al. Weird Al took over much music and did Al TV. Out of, I didn't know. I didn't know what was happening. I just turned it on and Weird Al was on. And that was one of the greatest days of my young life. It was funny. It was.
0: Uh, so it was about uh, uh, 27 years ago this month that the uh, Pam and Tommy sex tape was, was made. Um, which seems insane that it was that long ago. Uh, So, uh, Alicia, where were you in your life in March of 1995?
2: Uh, March of 1995? um, Well, I had met Sean in uh, June of 1994, or right before that. So probably just, you know, sitting in the basement of his house while he played mini-hucks in the other room, falling (laughs) asleep on the couch, waiting for... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Waiting for some attention. <laughs> that's that's probably where I was.
1: Do we know what what month or like are we looking for a, a specific time in nineteen ninety five? So I can really figure out what I was doing.
2: Uh, well,
0: they got married in in late February, and it was during their honeymoon. So I would say late February, early March. Okay. Doug, do you remember where you were then?
3: Yeah. So I was uh, devoutly religious at the time, in my first year of seminary. Uh, Studying the word of God and uh, (laughs) preparing myself for
0: the ministry. Well, how about that? (laughs) No one would have guessed that. Well, things change. (laughs) (laughs) Frank, what about you?
1: Uh, I was probably in my basement or my friend's basement playing video games during the summer while other people were doing things. Watching eddie murphy delirious or some Mm -hmm. other comedy special and uh or staying up When i think of the 90s and specifically some of the 90s techno in uh pammy and tom i think of dial-a-date infomercials which were my favorite things to watch with the prince of passion david bronstein and i would watch them (laughs) on repeat (laughs) canadian dating infomercials i love i thought infomercials were the funniest thing in the world in 1995
0: was was David Bronstein the? Uh, I think that was not his the name. Couch, get on the phone and call them. Yeah, the exactly. Oh, okay, all right. Which so why you should go to the
1: phone I and call. I, I used to watch. I used to have them memorized all the different people on there. It was scary.
0: Did you ever call them?
1: Never. Oh God. No. I mean, I've never seen the the tape, the Pam and Tommy tape. So. Well,
0: that that was that was my next question. Uh, uh, so you've never seen any of it. Uh, mm. I've I i do not think I've ever actually seen any of it, Doug. I've never watched the Pam and Tommy sex tape.
3: Now that I know that it was stolen, like just getting ready for this show, I, I was never really aware that it was stolen or if they released it on purpose, right? Um, but now that I know that it was stolen, I don't think I ever will. Uh, somebody did give me a bootleg of a Vince Neal sex tape. though. <laughs> that really didn't quite pick up as much heat for reasons that become obvious when you see it. <laughs> uh,
0: Alicia, um, watch yeah. the tape. No, no, no. <laughs> never, never any desire to see that.
2: No, I feel like the same as Doug. I didn't know it was stolen. Um, but yeah, if there, if, if it was something private, I don't think, I don't think it's worth some ever, I don't think everybody should see it.
1: I, I don't think I even knew about it until I was, like, I can't even remember hearing about it. Like, apparently it was in the, the ether when I was young, but uh, whatever. I, it, it did. I didn't even think about it. I certainly didn't have the internet until like five years later consistently. Mm And I didn't even think about it.
2: Yeah. I think that brings like the whole conversation about this, this show even being made. Was that for, is that a good thing?
1: (laughs) Yeah. uh, Well, because
2: there was no consent for that private moment being exploited. And now it's just being rehashed and to a a group of people who didn't even know about it. So it could have died down. It did die down. (laughs) And now it's like, oh, now a whole new generation gets to, and she gets to relive it again digitally. Yeah. On Disney.
1: I mean, I'm curious. Greg didn't say where he was in 1995, and I need to know.
0: Well, uh, i I believe I was just uh, getting ready to go to uh, Humber College for a broadcasting school. Alrighty, so yeah, yeah, so nothing, uh, nothing too scandalous for me. All right, so Pam and Tommy chronicles uh, the marriage of Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee during the period where their uh, tape was stolen and made public, and uh, the the whole show is kind of based around a, a 2014 Rolling Stone article by Amanda Chicago Lewis. Show stars Lee James, Sebastian Stan is the famous couple. Let's uh, talk about the show and then get some. Uh, th- initial thoughts. Uh, Doug, we'll start with you. So, same thing as Alicia brought up, right? It's,
3: it's a very strange show because it, it's kind of bringing to light the fact that these people were exploited by exploiting them. Uh, so that's a strange phenomenon, but also uh, I think overall the show was good. One of the more interesting things, and I think we all went through this, uh, part of a micro-generation they normally call Xennials, so you're like somewhere between Gen X and Millennial uh, because we had an analog childhood a digital adulthood, right? Uh, So this scenario happened at this point in time, and I think that it kind of touched on that very well, where you still have VHS tapes, but also now people are starting to go on the Internet to look for plumbing supplies, which is kind of how they they brought that into it. Uh, So it was an interesting point in history. Uh, Pornography was big in speeding up the rate at which the Internet developed, and Pam and Tommy indirectly may have had a large part to play in that. Overall, I thought that the show was enjoyable. I think the last episode probably could have been cut and I would say my biggest critique of the show is that at the end, they try to make uh, the... Oh, who's uh, the guy? The Ran, Gautier? Yeah, Ran Gautier. Yeah, Rand Gauthier. They tried to, to redeem him a little bit, which is strange because in subsequent interviews that I've read, he's irredeemable and it doesn't seem to serve the story. So that was a peculiar turn in my
0: frank what do you think
1: uh i i kind of liked it I, I i don't know it's hitting at a bad time for me where every like two things one everything has to be like these recognizable characters and biopicy type stuff where it's people doing impersonation performances and uh it seems like it's the only thing that gets made and that's like the bare minimum for making these shows that they look and sound like the people rather than the show is well like really well written or interesting or a different take i agree that the show has some takes about like uh, and sorry I, i'm going to change it the three things the second thing is nostalgia which i'm really sick of which includes the throwing a stress ball at a wall and I, oh remember stress balls and all these things like it's just any any opportunity to get something nostalgic in there, it's there.
3: I can't think Baby was one that was thrown in.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then three, just a general, ta- like Doug and Alicia already touched on it, a, a tabloidy nature to so much stuff, whether it's uh, murder docs or like the Tiger Woods documentary and other stuff. It's like it's tabloid entertainment in a way. So all of those three compounding factors, not that. I haven't liked stuff that's worked in those realms, but I'm just getting sick of it. Uh, it was working uphill for me, uh, and in general, I I thought it was okay. The performances were definitely hit and miss for me. Uh, I didn't know about like I don't I don't know what Doug's alluding to about the character of Rand or the person Rand that Seth Rogen plays, but without him, the show really isn't very interesting. Like the the Pam and Tommy saga. Like I feel like we kind of know what that is. Um, a lot of the, the stuff we could get get out of that relationship, we probably know or could assume. Uh, but he, the I, the first two episodes and him being screwed over and this karma aspect, I thought was interesting. I don't know if it was like amazing or anything, but I liked Seth Seth uh, Seth Rogen in it quite a bit. Um, there were standout scenes and moments. I really liked the traffic light analogy of a left turn and people taking advantage of the advance And what, one of the days you just like, I, I just went head on and drove into them. (laughs) Like that, that, that feeling that you have sometimes, like, I just want to do that. That was a well-written scene to me. I thought the deposition of um, Pamela Anderson was really effective in kind of portraying what she would have to go through or uh, like taking that kind of idea and putting it in lots of different, applications and so there were good scenes here or there it was okay but I, I, I certainly didn't love it i thought sebastian stan was actually really good as tommy lee like i, I thought he he captured him pretty well uh, lily james pamela anderson i at first i really didn't think she was doing that great of a job i even looked at a pamela anderson interview like i don't remember i don't know pamela anderson that well i don't remember her kind of talking or acting like that it felt like a bit more of a generic performance than actually pamela lee but by the end i thought she was she was decent alicia what do
0: you think
2: yeah i think um i don't understand i don't know what purpose this show served like it didn't um in, in telling this story that I don't think anybody needed to know any details from that it, they didn't already know if they were interested uh, it really just feels like a, a vehicle for some comedic actors to get more exposure but outside of that I, I didn't I don't see a point to it I I enjoyed it well enough it was well acted um I, I, like I agree with Frank. Most of the things I enjoyed about it were probably with Seth Rogen. Like that that storyline was interesting, and I think that could have been told maybe from his perspective, or without more so, without involving like Pam and Tommy as much. Or they could have changed it in some way to maybe limit how much exploitation was done of Pamela Anderson again. Um, but. Well, that's the like.
1: That's the only new thing this is talking about, right? Like, and it does address like his guilt uh, to some degree, based on what Doug's saying. It doesn't sound that accurate, <laughs> but I, I'm not sure what interviews uh, Doug's referring to. Maybe he can tell us a bit about that. But
3: in subsequent interviews, he said, "Oh, it was a good thing. I, I spread some love into the world, right?" So he didn't have remorse or regret. Yeah. Um, so, like to me, if they would have ended, like, and don't get me wrong, this is. I will say this. I have never liked Seth Rogen in anything more than I like him in this. Hmm. Like, I really like Seth Rogen as the character. He was, I like the first episode you're on his, on board. Um, but then there's that great scene, and this didn't happen in real life, where Tommy's like, you're a stone-cold loser. Yeah, maybe I'm a bad guy. But what about Pam? Right? And then you see the, like, the look on his face of shock. Oh, yeah, wait a minute. She got brought into this too, right? So that was good. And to me, the show could have ended right there. And it would have been better for it we didn't need everything after that because we know what what happens and to me that was pretty good like he's beating the hell out of people to get some money back Tommy Lee calls him a fucking loser he is a loser he has to deal with it end of the story right um but yeah Seth Rogen was very good in this and I I think the casting in general they they had some really good picks and Andrew Dice Clay I fucking love that he's being cast and stuff I love that guy and I thought he was good in this too.
0: yeah I, I kind of feel the same way that uh, all of you kind of feel and and i had uh thought a lot of the uh, the same stuff like uh, doug how you mentioned that uh there goes the dog having a drink and uh <laughs> um that that uh that it re- the show really started to lean towards like this redemption piece for 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 ran which i thought was really strange um because yeah i would I'd, uh, I'd read a little bit up uh, on this guy as well and uh you know, he he kind of seems to think that he's the one that kind of you know like made tommy lee relevant again by uh, getting that video out there and um and then on the other side you know they they really tried hard to uh to make pamela anderson this you know this sympathetic uh figure which she was i mean this the whole thing kind of you know it ruined your career because she was like one of the biggest stars in the world you know she was on uh, baywatch which was a hit show she was on uh, home improvement which was a uh, which was the number one show in the united states uh, i forgot about Home
1: the, improvement
0: <laughs> yeah they didn't really touch on that at all in in the show um and uh, like she was this that mega she st-
2: recast on that
0: no, I think that uh, between barbed wire and uh, and Baywatch and all this stuff, she just didn't have any time to do it. So I think she left on her own terms. Yeah. So like this kind of like derailed her old career and kind of ruined her life. And then, so they're trying to tell this story, and the the whole idea of the show is almost hypocritical because all they're doing is, at least like you said, they're just kind of showing a whole new generation of of people uh, uh, this this thing that. Uh, kind of ruined her life uh which was a, a very strange take um one of the things that uh i felt that they leaned heavily way too heavily on was was music like it almost felt like like 40 percent of the show was just like uh, a music montage of something it almost it had like a rocky four feel because it was just like they leaned so heavily on songs they felt like every few minutes like did you did you
1: oh. Get that as well. That's just all part of the nostalgia. Like, so much yeah. of this is people watching it and saying, Oh, I remember that. Oh, I haven't heard that in a while. And I mean, it's effective sometimes for me. Like, I'm even guilty of that because I was, I actually liked rather than going into the super popular 90s stuff when it was, they'd go to clubs and, like I said, 90s techno would play. And it was like a total something people don't associate with the 90s all that much. And taking Tommy tommy lee and putting him in he would go to clubs and they're playing like uh you know extend a mix type stuff uh for the uh much music watchers out there i was like oh that's that's interesting that's a whole nother dynamic that i didn't think about like just what music was like or juxtaposing him with other types of music uh i like those moments but i mean the the nineties thing with the grunge people showing up at tower records was so clumsy. (laughs) It was like, they're standing there with their, (laughs) I think a lot of, uh, I know like, or I don't know, but from what I understand, you know, grunge was a bit of a rebuttal to, uh, hair metal in the eighties and stuff. But I don't think that like, Grunge and rock people necessarily like hated Motley Crue either. Like when I think of it, they they coexisted. They weren't on radio stations in the '90s. You would hear Motley Crue on the same station as Nirvana. It's not like it was this like war of two types of music. There might have been, um, in terms of uh, like ideas or purposes within the creators, they were completely different types of people. But in terms of rock music, it was you know people it crossed over a bit more than i think the show would uh would let you believe but uh the again it's all just the nostalgia stuff i'm so sick of it there there's not it doesn't even have to be a joke it doesn't even have to be an idea it's just this was a thing and oh they sound so much like that person and as soon as you say that someone's like yeah i'll watch that that's a good show because they do a good pseudo impersonation of someone what is this can we be done with this please we are destroying culture
0: there were uh, <laughs> there were three uh i thought egregious examples of of shoving uh the time period down the viewers throats uh there was one there there was the jay leno's boardroom where they mentioned uh tickle me elmo oh. <laughs> uh, which was like come on there was that uh scene with uh, the mob guys with andrew dice clay and they're talking about starbucks and he's like starbucks what's a starbucks <laughs> that's a good <laughs> Oh, no, yeah. it's a coffee chain in seattle and then uh, and then the doug you mentioned uh, that brief clip of that awful dancing baby yeah. video just kind of uh, to show what the beginnings of the the internet were like, and I just and looked uh, something
1: up because they used to lend steal my sunshine somewhere in there, right? Don't they? They did. And I, I'm like, I don't remember that song being out then. I didn't like. I didn't even like it. But I was like, that was way later, and it came out in 1999. Like they're yeah, ju- yeah. they're just like anything that'll fit this 90s vibe, unapologetically
0: abusing it in in, in a show that had so much like uh, again like the the themes of. Of you know of consent and uh, and and all that stuff were, were really big in the show, but then they had a lot of like I would say like almost screwball comedy type scenes, which I thought were really uh, out of place. Like uh, like all the stuff of them trying like characters explaining to each other what the internet was and how to log on to websites and you know how many W's and and then that scene where Pam and Tommy go to the library to to find the web and they're wearing their disguises. It just, it's, it was really an, an, an odd choice for the show. Like uh, I, I never could quite figure out what, what the tone was supposed to be on it.
2: I think I Googled it just because I wanted to know um, an act. I didn't go to IMDb for some reason. I just wanted to know who was in it. And the first thing that came up was like underneath it said romance Like if you just Google Pam and Tommy, the the first hit is just this is it. This is the cast, and it's under romance. And I I thought that was weird. I would have categorized it as comedy, but I guess it's drama.
3: I think yeah, I would say drama probably.
2: On uh,
1: IMDb, biography, drama, romance. And if I was going to think it's one more than the other. I would sadly lean into biography. It's almost genreless. It's like just tell the story because people have heard about it.
2: I think I think of it as a comedy because those are the only parts that I really fully enjoy.
1: Yeah, for sure. And then it, with the Seth Rogen stuff, like the redemption stuff, I didn't know about these other articles until we started recording now, but I guess there is like the he does feel bad. I don't know if the if that's true or if the karma thing like how he's into religions and all this stuff was something created for the show uh and to build that storyline like or if that is actually who this what this rand guy was about and studying religions like (laughs) when you show up the first episode and he goes to get his tools out of his trunk and it's like oh it's a book of uh all these different religions i'm like (laughs) This is like the most heavy-handed exposition. He just keeps a, a box of books in his trunk. <laughs> like everyone does, in the, or that we you did in the 90s. Yeah. You don't have car books? No, in the 90s I did, of course. Everyone did. That's where we kept our books. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: is it is very strange that, uh, uh, Alicia, you said that the most enjoyable parts were... The, the comedy stuff because the rest of the movie is essentially just about shitty human beings you know, like dice clay is a shitty human being milty's a shitty human being Rand's shitty tommy lee shitty well actually all, all the men are shitty all the women uh seem to be you know you know genuine characters like uh, rand's uh his ex-wife and and pam and uh and the uh, the reporter like the, it was all. All the women were good people, and all the men were awful. Pretty much, yeah.
2: So I mean, it
1: makes yeah. <laughs> the
3: scenes with Rand and his ex-wife. I liked. I thought that was like they had really good chemistry, and I liked the one scene where they're talking about the tape and what they liked as actresses in porn, right? Like the different angles, like all that sort of thing. I thought that was good, and then you see the guilt on his face. Like to me, that was one of the best scenes of the whole series and I, I thought that was done well yeah I don't know and, and like you said Frank there were some good scenes like especially in the, in the deposition it was good and um, from that like we have our, our top five moments in the uh, in the series and whenever that comes up I'll I'll share one from that but I don't know over it all it, a lot of mixed feelings in this one right because it's uh, it wasn't particularly good but there was some good stuff again Seth Rogen was great in it Um, I really like Offerman.
1: Yeah. I thought he was, he wasn't in it enough really. Like that character is, he disappears for the second half a bit. And I don't know, like this is a word I use a lot lately with with relation to entertainment. Like it felt desperate to me. Uh, There was like a desperation to it, like to have content, to get talked about. I don't know. It just, I, f- I find that so much with a lot of the stuff I watch
0: so the, you know whenever they do uh, shows like this you know they always um, add in stuff or embellish some stuff and uh, so I, I kind of did uh, I kind of did an internet deep dive just to to find out what things they kind of made up just to add into the show there's the uh, the, the the penis uh conversation it's
1: i was just about to bring bring that up because i'm like when we were talking about what genre is this and i'm like i thought comedy too and i was looking at the imdb credits and it's his penis voice by jason Manzukis.
0: yeah like, i yeah. totally
1: forgot about that and yeah that's comedy stuff it's not romance <laughs> or maybe it is i don't know for tommy lee maybe that is his romance
0: it was a it was a prosthetic penis in case you were wondering
1: well, okay. I was just about to bring that up too. The uh, in terms of it being so accurate, like the the, the accuracy thing with these shows. Did I re- like? Am I remembering this correctly? That they did like CG work for her body to make her look like Pamela Anderson for the show. Like to kind of is this a thing?
3: I that I don't know. I read they had prosthetics. Like she had a prosthetic forehead and
1: chest. This need for these shows to like to be so accurate it almost takes me out of the shows like i'm thinking more like more about that's not like what did they do to make them look like this person it's almost like uh joseph gordon levitt in looper where they make him look like a young bruce willis more than he actually is like i don't know if that stuff actually helps these shows how how do other people feel about that
3: so i was gonna say i i agree with you frank like i think it's like she nailed a lot of the mannerisms of Pam like Pam's a wittier person like she dumbed her down a little bit too yeah. much and I, didn't, I wasn't comfortable with that and Sebastian Stan actually he played Tommy Lee a bit too serious I, he, like Tommy Lee in real life is a bit more Bill and Ted if that makes sense right yeah, like a, yeah. a bit more surfer so he needed a couple dashes of Bill and Ted he would have been a, a little more right on but like in between
1: every two sentences he should have been saying yeah fuck yeah because every time i've heard tommy lee talk he literally says that every other every other sentence
3: yeah it's in night like about a year after this story happened is when i met molly crew and i got to talk to all the original members which was incredible at an autograph signing uh i brought my ukulele and then they started asking me questions about my ukulele so i got to have conversation with each of the original members of Motley Crue for about five minutes. And that was one of the highlights of my life. But Tommy Lee dude. Yeah, dude. That's awesome. Dude, dude, like dude makes up like 87% of the sentences. And, uh, yeah, it was surprising to me that that wasn't kind of caught, but not going to complain too much. He, he still did a good job with the character.
1: Yeah. He captured the essence of Tommy Lee, but yeah. I think Tommy Lee would, like almost in his purest, like truest form, would be almost intolerable for an entire series.
3: After their last tour, Nikki Six unfriended him on Twitter. And Tommy <laughs> he had a meltdown, and then he had to add him again. But it's, it's to your point, right? He had enough of Tommy, and then has to take a break.
1: Yeah,
0: that story about uh, um, having that conversation with uh, with his with his dong was. That was straight out of uh, Tommy's book, Tommyland, which I have read, but I don't, I don't seem to recall uh, that that part of the, of the book. So it might not have been that uh, uh, big of a part. But uh, one of the other uh, things that uh, I wanted to find out was the when Rand, he kind of creates this plan to uh, break into Tommy's and, and to get around the the cameras he uh, uh, dress, dresses up like the dog. Um, turns out that's actually also true. And uh, uh, the real Rand Gauthier said that he, he threw a, a fur rug over, over the top of him and, and uh, walked like the dog to uh, get past through the cameras. And uh, so one of the things that uh, didn't happen was when uh, Pam, after her... Well, first of all, her, her miscarriage came before uh, the tape was released. Uh, okay. so she didn't it wasn't uh, a cause of that. Um, but uh, and then, when she jumps out of the car and smashes the the paparazzo's uh, car with the baseball bat, that was made made up for the show.
3: So I did think that the planning of the robbery and the first episode in general was very with regards to the whole series, the first episode I thought was quite strong and kind of set it up. And like there are some episodes I didn't like quite so much, but the first one I did like, and in particular, the fact that that was real—it was just a, a perfect storm of events for this to happen. And that's kind of what's—it's un- unbelievable. It's almost miraculous that this could have happened, right? Because Tommy Lee had to pull a gun on a guy not giving back his tools. He had having to have the wherewithal to pull off this heist. There just happened to be a tape in the safe.
0: And in yeah, case- it's it's pretty crazy that uh, he would even uh, think to to grab. One of those little dat tapes or whatever kind of yeah. a tape it was as you know when when he's staring at all of these the, the guns and the and the jewelry and stuff there, there was that uh that one scene uh later on in the show uh between rand and tommy where they meet in the parking lot where tommy lights all the money on fire uh, apparently uh that not only did that happen but uh the, the only time, the last time that uh, Tommy Lee and, and Ran Goche actually were face-to-face was when he went to get his tools back. So yeah. they never actually hmm. had any kind of interaction uh, after that.
1: Okay.
3: For the purpose of the show, though, I did like that scene. And so, to me, that would have been a very good end to the show.
1: I didn't think about that when it happened. I thought that you're spot on with that. Like, that's that would have been a good ending.
3: You're a fucking loser. You're always mm-hmm. going to be a fucking loser, bro. And then, like, just really good acting in that scene between both of them, right? Like, you can see his face, like, him sink within himself when he realized, oh, wait, I didn't just fuck over Tommy Reed, right? I wasn't just an agent of karma for him. Yeah. And to me, that would have been the perfect way to close the story, right? On a little bit of a sad note, but it's okay. It's a sad story.
1: Uh, How did the show actually end? I don't remember what the last moment of the show was. (laughs)
3: There's a fucking weird scene where he comes out a rant, like a uh, man's Chinese theater and he sees the fake Pam who's I'm sorry. I hope you'll find in your heart to forgive me. It's just fucking cheese.
1: Yeah. It's kind of yeah. weird. Cause I was thinking, well, does it end where it's more about Pam and, and like, that's why you wouldn't end it there, but it's, it's it still ended with him in a very similar moment. That's right. Yeah. It was um, an impersonator.
0: The, the one thing that we haven't really talked about is uh, Seth Warshavski, he was the uh the streaming internet guy who uh, tried to uh get the rights to the tape and uh, I, i'm assuming that the real guy was kind of a a slimy shyster type guy but that actor that they got to play him i wanted to punch that guy in the face every time yeah. he was on screen and that's good yeah <laughs> like
1: that's he's in uh he's from white lotus white lotus yeah and he's like I didn't feel that way about him in White Lotus, so he's I think he's a pretty good actor. <laughs> uh, but is that all that stuff true? Like the, the, the does anyone know like the yes. that they gave it yeah. away and the rights and all that stuff and
0: uh, Yeah, so uh, he 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 got a uh, copy of it and he started streaming it on his site for for free, and then, uh, um, so th- they did uh, uh, they did sue him and they they did give him the rights but then he started to uh, uh, sell it sell the video in the DVD in stores and then they, they sued him again to try to get him to stop distribution of it in, in that way uh, but then he sold uh, his rights to it to Vivid Entertainment uh, which was a, a big porn company for a, a very very large sum of money and then, uh, and then after all of that then the, the brett michaels pamela anderson tape got got leaked as well and so she had to go through the whole thing uh, again um and that kind of started that whole uh, celebrity sex tape thing so the paris hilton had one and i'm i'm sure there's others that i, I don't
1: remember um I, I in terms of that legal stuff was anyone else just weird like the you don't own the rights to your own home videotapes like it was like well you can sell the rights like
2: i think it was uh, just the wild west of the internet like the beginnings of the internet how do you police content
1: but like the legality of giving the right or like selling the rights to someone so that they can stop other people from distributing it how do you not have that right out of the gate like it's your tape I don't. I still don't understand that <laughs> how that how that, how that legal ease played out in that in that scene. I'm like, am I missing something here? Like, you well, made I, the I'm tape. Assuming, you have the distribution rights. I would assume.
0: I'm assuming that first judge that uh, threw out the case is, that kind of set that precedent because this had never really been a thing before. I suppose.
1: But how yeah. does selling it undo that precedent? I, anyway, well, who yeah. cares? Well, this they ain't they a legal it, podcast
3: selling it makes it a product and then other people who are trying to make money off your product all of a sudden can be persecuted whereas if it's just your tape it's not necessarily a product so it has newsworthy value it's in the public sphere and if you're public people then you are newsworthy so i think that was the argument that they were making with regards to the freedom of speech and all that business it like it doesn't it still doesn't make sense to me either frank i agree with yeah. you like
1: yeah, I guess
2: like it's all... A society I guess, is... Sorry. No, no, you go. Just when a society is built around capitalism rather than ethics.
1: Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Like, we, we're protecting businesses more than people, so...
0: Um. So, does anybody uh, have any uh, any final thoughts on, uh, on Pam and Tommy?
1: I think like, we've covered it all. Did she
2: do anything after Barbed Wire?
1: Like, she gets r- really into... Like animal rights stuff, right? Isn't that kind of yeah? She she started
0: a whole bunch of uh, uh, charities for uh, there was I think there was one about animal abuse and something with the environment, and then uh, uh, survivors of sexual abuse because she kind of uh, revealed that you know she had had some horrible things happen to her uh, before she got famous, and she started to come to terms and and talk to people about that and uh, kind of support uh, women that way. Uh, but as far as acting goes, I, I don't think so.
1: Yeah, it seems like there was that. Uh, I forgot about this show, VIP, right? And then, all right. But that was pretty soon after. But then after, it's pretty much just playing herself and stuff, like yeah. showing up as Pamela Anderson. Uh,
0: okay, so um, let's give uh, uh, final rankings out of, uh, out of out of five. Uh, Frank, what would you give the show out of five? I guess uh, two and a half. Alicia. Uh,
2: yeah, I think I'm around. I'm around two and a half.
0: Doug. Yeah, same. It's a pass. I will. I will join the club and uh, and uh, give that a, a two and a half out of five as well. So, um, some good things, some not so great things, and uh, uh, a lot of things that they definitely could have uh, done differently. Favorite uh, secondary character. Uh, I will start. Uh, actually, I think it was my favorite secondary character was uh, was Erica, uh, who was played by uh, Taylor Schilling. I just thought that she was really sweet, and uh, her character seemed to really go out of her way to uh, help Rand. And I think that was probably the the best relationship of, of two yeah. people uh, uh, in any of the uh, in any part of the show. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I liked uh, all of the stuff that uh, she was in. Um, uh, I did enjoy the uh, um, the fixing of the toilet scene. I thought it was nice. Uh-huh.
1: Uh, I my favorite was Nick Offerman probably. I was kind of wanting more of him, and I think he re- like represented more of a like. There's a grosser side to this whole thing that the show kind of glosses over, and he kind of encapsulated that nicely
2: yeah I'm gonna agree uh, Nick Offerman was my favorite secondary character as well I think I'll, I like anything he's in and I like I like seeing him in drastically different characters like Ron Swanson versus this
1: yeah you've seen Devs right Alicia mm-hmm. yeah. yeah he's he's good Doug
0: what
3: about you I'm gonna go with Andrew Dice Clay as Butchie because I like to see Andrew Dice Clay in as much shit as possible like I like to see him in uh A star is born, and you know what? He's just happy to see him, and whatever. And he was good in this; like he's good in the roles that he gets, and like he was an interesting character. Um, Yeah, and uh, one of my favorite scenes in the show, uh, and we'll talk about that next, is one that he delivers, and it it was a real good one.
0: Okay, uh, for for recasting choice, um, my pick was uh, there was an actor named Adam Ray who played. Uh, a really terrible jay leno i thought his jay leno was awful and i think they should have went back and got uh daniel roebuck who played uh, jay leno in the hbo movie the late shift that was that movie about the letterman leno battle because that yeah, was like
1: that Murray was too like the the it, yeah the jay leno wasn't good in the like the makeup and making him look like jay leno's like yeah it was it was
3: bad Yeah, Yeah, the Motley Crue makeup was bad, too. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Mick Mars did not look like Mick Mars at all. It was very weird. It's like some people look real close, so...
0: No, some were terrible. Yeah, Nikki 6 wasn't too bad. The Vince Neil wasn't great at all. Oh, no. no. Vince Neil was bad, too.
1: I'm, like, I honestly, I struggle with this one so much, and my pick was, like, Vince Neil needed to be recast, and... Like, I say, just put Vince Neal in it. Cast Vince Neal yeah. as Vince <laughs> And he'll stand out. Like, I want current day Vince Neal as old Vince Neal. <laughs>
0: that would have been fun. Doug, what about you? Was was it Molly Crew, the choices for the crew?
3: Uh, no, I was going to say Benedict Cumberbatch for Tommy Lee. <laughs> and Billy Eilish is uh, Pam.
0: I like It'd that. be a different movie, or a different show, for sure. Uh, Alicia, what's your choice? Well,
2: oh, I was hard, I don't know. I was hard-pressed to find somebody. I i wasn't thinking outside of the specific, like, primary, secondary characters. I wasn't thinking, oh, yeah, like, people in the band or whatever. Sure. So I thought, out of those, I guess, I enjoyed all of the comedic actors. So I thought maybe Taylor, Taylor Schilling? Yeah. Yes. Um. But I had no real reason why or who to replace her with. Oh, that's all right.
1: I actually think the casting is, in general, really good in the show for the most part. Yeah. Like, It's the strongest part of the show to me.
0: When, uh, when the show was originally developed, and I guess this is probably why Dave Franco is one of the executive producers, as, as well as Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen, that j- James Franco was originally uh, the guy behind the show. Uh, he was going to produce it, and he wanted to play Tommy Lee um i don't know how that would have been but uh, after seeing sebastian stan i think he was really great um even taught himself how to play the drums there's oh, yeah yeah
1: i actually cool. enjoyed showing like the what was tommy methods of mayhem and stuff like that right. like yeah, yeah. <laughs> showing that music and uh oh boy yeah
3: i i, I like this a- that was a terrible time Yeah, like the nineties Tommy Lee was not the best Tommy Lee.
1: Yeah. I wish the show would have gone into it more and like showed what he was like at that time. Although it captures that to some degree, I think.
3: Well, the, the clowns that he's hanging out with alludes to it, right? Like they were just yeah. when he says, let me bring my boys. And then he brings the boys. It's like, no, no, bring the other boys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, getting into the, uh, uh, Top five moments uh i'll start and i'll just run through my uh, my five real quick um i thought uh, uh motley crew uh, outside of the tower records who were promoting their awful generation swine album uh which is one of the worst motley crew albums and uh uh i also uh would have been one of the people kind of laughing listening to tommy and nikki talk about how it is it's 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 rock it's electronic it's garbage is what it was um uh, number four uh rand's execution of operation karma to uh, to burgle tommy lee's home i thought that scene was great uh number three uh using jason Manzukas as the voice of the penis i thought that was excellent casting uh uh number 2 just in general Seth Rogen's fashion um yeah everything that he w- wore was amazing and uh my favorite uh part of the show uh was uh Pam and Tommy's adorable old English sheepdog. Uh
1: my number 5 was the the idea of the episode where Pam is like become like they're turning her into like a like a a Playboy model and how it influences her and in talking with her mom and stuff like that, like showing how that like how that can happen. Uh, number four, the deposition sequence. Number three, Sebastian Stan as. Tommy Lee. I thought he was really good. Number two for me, 90s techno. I was listening to a lot of 90s technic- techno after watching this show. And number one for me, Seth Rogen, but specifically highlighted the show for me, the advanced green analogy, advanced left turn signal.
2: Um, I, I don't know if I have these specifically ranked, but um, I would say uh, number five was the, the um, Taylor Schilling and, Seth Rogen's characters talking about the tape, and then her. I think Doug talked about this earlier. Her talking about how, like, the money shot was on, like, talk, her talking about the shots that she did and her artistic choices or whatever, and how it was on his face and how it was beautiful. And um, the, I would say, the talking penis scene, but primarily, like Greg says, because Jason Manzukis and anything he's in, I love him specifically, not necessarily, he's not always been in the greatest movies um i like rand um trying to be like a i don't know what you would call it when he's trying to get the money back for the first time just seth rogan's character breaking in and just sure, attempting yeah. to be kind of like a shark um i liked uncle morty drugged out in uh amsterdam yes and um and then i liked uh rand pretending to be a dog when he was trying to <laughs> execute that <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's weird that all the best stuff we're talking about is kind of comedic, and it's not even yeah. listed as a comedy on IMDb.
2: But oh yeah, uh,
0: Alicia, you had uh, uh, dropped out. Uh, that uh, that uh, scene where he was pretending to be the dog uh, that actually happened. That was that was part of the original plan to uh, uh, to avoid. Uh, the That's cameras. the
1: original tape. I want to see. I want to see the security camera footage <laughs> yeah. of what that dog <laughs> looked like. It was someone dressed as a dog. Looks like. <laughs> They could sell
3: that now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Doug, what's your top five? All right. So not necessarily in any order. Uh, I really liked the scene after the deposition or, or sorry, when they get back the results, it didn't go in their favor. And Pam goes, you don't, of course you guys don't understand. It's very simple. I'm a slut. People don't care about sluts. Sluts don't get a say in what happens to our box. And that was really powerful because it's like, you know what, you're the artist, you're the model, and that is taken from you, right? And you do have no say. And every this whole scenario is commentary on people making love and their bodies. And she had the least to say out of everybody, which is too bad because she was the one who was also the pinnacle of the attention, right? So... um It's not fair in that way. And there's a a juxtaposition there that is uh, sad and also interesting. Um, I really like in the beginning of the show where you have Rand and Tommy continually going back and forth about the bed. It creates a tension for the whole show. Good call. Tommy Lee becomes a heel. And you really feel for Rand at the beginning. And I do like that. It hooks you at first that you want to like this stuff. Right. And you also want to hate Tommy Lee so that kind of set the stage for the show and i thought that was done very well uh and just the banter that they had back and forth really got your emotions going and you you kind of felt for rand because who wouldn't right it reminded me like the wrestler a little bit more a little bit less and then he punches the meat slicer right like that kind of scene where you totally feel for what's going on um the the scene that I think should have ended the show, it was fictional. But when Tommy Lee's on one side of the fence, Rand is on the other, and he goes, You're a loser, bro. At the end of the day, you're always gonna be a fucking loser. Just the way it is, it's the way you are. That was a really good scene. And you know what? Like just the acting in that on both sides was incredible. Because you could you could feel the sinking of his spirit. And then he still wants that money and it gets lit on fire. So that was really good. And then the other two, let's see. Uh yo, <laughs> Butchie goes. So you let your friend take all the fucking money to another fucking country. And that country is fucking Amsterdam. Knowing what you know about your friend. That's not a place where you have you take money. That's Switzerland. This is a place where you fuck hookers and do drugs. You stupid fuck! <laughs> <laughs> again brilliantly acted on both sides Um, yeah it was very very good scene and then one line I don't know if it was a throwaway line for the writers but it really is prophetic for everything that happened in this show and going forward Uh, I I think it was a David Bowie quote where the guy at the register when he's trying to sell his, his bootlegs because there's a guy selling bootlegs in the parking lot and the guy goes you never want to be the first to do anything. And it's like, oh, that's a motherfucker. Because you know what, the Pam and Tommy sex tape, maybe it's not the first celebrity sex tape, but it kind of is with regards to the internet age and like set the bar for all sex tapes moving forward. And somehow like like uh, uh, Paris Hilton, Kim Kardashian, a lot of other folks were able to successfully monetize their tapes And move forward and for some reason have successful careers as a result. But that didn't happen with Pamela Anderson, right? So it it was strange that other people were able to utilize the uh, celebrity that they gathered from the tape in a way that she was not able to do so. And you never want to be the first at anything, is the quote for that. So I really like that quote. That was a good moment. And I don't know if they intended for it to be that happy and to sort of like anchor the entire Series, but it really did
0: for me. Amazing, yeah. That uh, that's a great that's a great list. Um, when you were talking about uh, uh, Butchie and he was uh, going on his, his rant, uh, I think it was the scene right before it or right after it, where uh, he was uh, he was making Rand eat uh, maraschino cherries.
2: I didn't um, get that. What were I didn't get it in? either. They were soaked in something. Vodka, like that, but I it's just vodka. Oh,
1: but I don't know.
0: Yeah, I'm, I didn't understand why it was such
1: a sure. awful
0: experience, and I was like, "Yeah, I, I like those. They're good."
3: Yeah,
1: I feel like there was something lost there that's bad about that.
3: Yeah, it would have made sense if he said they were soaked in vodka. Pause, and by vodka I mean piss.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right. exactly.
0: It just sounds like a delicious treat. Um, I'm glad you guys could come on the show and uh, and and talk about uh, Pam and Tommy. You know, I, w- I wish the show would have been better, but it was uh, it was super fun to uh, talk about where can uh where can people find you on uh social media doug uh,
3: so social media these days i'm using a alias uh, for those of you who don't know hezekiah wolfowitz you can find me on facebook uh twitter uh, doug nagy too on twitter is my dad account and uh yeah add me if you like
0: alicia do you want to give out your socials or do you want to stay away from uh, all these hooligans
2: yeah you can't find me on the internet so no. i'm good for that
0: good, <laughs> good.
1: hooligans
2: good. holiday
0: frank's <laughs> no, frank frank's doing a lot on twitter
1: correct no
0: no no social media no <laughs> uh all right uh once again you can uh follow us on uh uh, TV Junk po- Podcast on, on uh, Twitter as well as uh, The Gas Man Lives. Um, and uh, any uh, questions, comments, uh, can go to uh, tvjunkpodcast.gmail.com at gmail.com. I do have a, a couple of emails I wanted to. Uh, uh, we got some uh, more suggestions on, on possible future episodes. Uh, so this one's from Tyler. He says, uh, Listening to the first episode now, I didn't watch Peacemaker, but I just like to hang out with you guys you probably could review c-span and i'd listen don't know if the podcast wants to focus on newer or old or older shows a newer show uh we could review would be mcgruber or the righteous gemstones uh anybody watching the righteous gemstones no
1: i tried to start it recently and the first episode i did not like but i hear it gets better
0: but you watched mcgruber right frank
1: i absolutely loved mcgruber it's one of the yeah. only funny things that's been made in recent history
0: <laughs> and uh, uh, Tyler also says, uh, some older shows I'd totally be into. It would be Chernobyl, Magnum yeah. P.I., and Married with Children, which is...
3: Nothing out of the park, all three. Right?
0: That's, uh, <laughs> you, you couldn't get any different with those shows, either. Uh, I got one from Garth. Uh, he says, I'd like to hear you guys talk about Euphoria um anybody watching euphoria I, I don't know if that's something that i would be into he says that this would be right up my alley i don't know what he means by that isn't it just a bunch of teenagers having sex
2: i've watched it it's it's good it makes as a parent it makes you terrified
0: oh well i won't take that personally Garth. but all right and uh last one's from uh cameron uh long-time listener. Um, I think you guys should watch escape at Dannemora. Uh, this is a Ben Stiller directed prison escape thriller. That is a great throwback to prison escape films of the past. Um, uh, Paul Dano, Benicio del Toro, Patricia Arquette. Well, that's a good cast.
1: Yeah. I've, I don't think I've, I've ever meaning even heard meaning to. Yeah. I've, I've heard really good things about that show.
0: Well, uh, thanks for the, uh, the emails, uh, and, uh, and, and the suggestions. We, uh, really appreciate that. Um, that's it for episode 2 uh, thanks everybody for uh, coming on the show I appreciate it um, I believe episode 3 we're going to do uh, 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 Moon Knight and we'll have uh, a new uh, cast of characters and then uh, Frank I'm pretty sure we're going to end up doing Winning Time and then we'll uh, we'll put that out on both uh, Bod- uh, Ball Junk and on the uh, TV Junk uh, feeds as well uh, so those are the next two uh, shows to look forward to thanks for listening
1: you can watch Mr. Rogers You can turn on fame, or the newlywed game, or the Addams Family, say, you can watch Barney Miller, and you can watch your MTV, and you can watch till your eyes fall out of your head, that'll be okay with me, and you can watch...